Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast by Ugly Ventures. I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, and the co-founder at Ugly Ventures, a place where entrepreneurs like you can find the tools and capital to grow your business. I'm so excited you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. I'm here with Sarah Kornblum, who is one of my best friends from childhood for from the womb almost probably. And what's so beautiful about LinkedIn and social media and business is we've been able to reconnect um, when I found out that Sarah has transitioned from, uh, or is in the process of transitioning from being a third grade teacher for many, many years into doing web development and web design. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today on this tactical hour is all about building an efficient website, about user experience, um, and really, uh, Sarah's going to give us some great insights on really like where to start and how to make sure that your website is performing well. Um, but before we get to that, um, I mentioned that Sarah was a, or is a third grade teacher and she's been transitioning this. And I think we should start by you sharing a bit about, you know, how you got into all of this. How do you go from third grade teacher to web designer? So I feel like Everybody has like one of those stories where like, I don't know, I feel like I just fell into it. And it was one of those things where I was part of a group and the people knew that I was good with computers, I think because I'm younger than they are. And they were like, you're good with computers. We need a website for our business. Can you do this? And I was like, well, I've never done this before, but I'm sure I could figure it out. So I built a website for the business. they are a dog training club. And so their, their classes were full all the time once they had a website that people could go to and sign up for classes. Um, they, get, they get calls all the time. They get emails all the time about their training classes. And so just by having, an, just by having a usable website, they've increased their business tremendously. Um, they had had a website before but it was one of those things that somebody had made it like five or 10 years ago. It was totally outdated. Um, And so I just, I refreshed it. I recreated it. Um, I allowed them to have features on the website that were useful to them. And because of that, their business has grown significantly. A friend of mine found out about that and was like, oh, I want to start a business too. Can you build a website for me? I'm like, well, now I actually know what I'm doing. So you yeah. sure, why not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it kind of went like that. And I was looking, I was, I was thinking about changing careers anyways, and I was relocating. And so I was looking for something new and like, yes, I could have gone anywhere and been a teacher and just continued on with that. But I thought this was my opportunity to try something new with my life. So this is the perfect time to do it. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's how I got started in web design. I started taking classes. Um, in the last year, I've built a lot of websites for a lot of different companies, nonprofits, mostly small businesses in all different areas. So everybody needs something a little bit different. So it's been a real, a real learning experience. And it's been a lot of fun working with a lot of different people. So have you felt that like your how do you feel like your training or your experience as a teacher helped you in any way with how you approach clients and how you start with projects, how you organize yourself? Cause 
in my experience, a lot of people, when they start as service providers, it's, it's a whole new territory. It takes a lot of time to figure out how to find clients, how to talk to clients, contracts, all of that stuff. How, how did you navigate that? So I feel like teaching is a service providing business anyways. Um, and because of that, the, the handling of the clients was the easy part for me. But then how do you go out and find clients is, an, is the question. How do you know what to do with contracts? How do you set up your business? Like that was a whole new world for me. And fortunately, I fell in with this group um, called the Geek Pack, very aptly named, which, <laughs> which yeah. promotes women in tech. Oh, and so wow. they, they help. Yeah. And so they help you. Uh, it's mostly specifically for websites. Um, but it's how do you how do you learn how to code? I know how to code now. That's super cool. exciting. I didn't know how to do that before. Um, how do you find clients? Where do you go to find clients? How do you talk to clients? How do you sell yourself without sounding sleazy yeah. and like making that huge sales pitch, which is a huge thing for everybody? Um, how do you put together contracts? What do you need contracts for? What are you legally liable for? Right. Um, how to organize your business. And it's just a great forum for people to come together. And again, it's mostly women, um, but not exclusively. And um, it's just like a great community where everybody supports each other. And it's a place where you can go if you have an issue where you're like, I have a client who wants to do this. And it's something you've never heard of before. Right. You have a group to, to go to, to say, hey, have any of you dealt with this? Can you, can you help me out? Can you give me some tips? What do you suggest? Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's good to have a community to, to be a part of and to go to. How do you, because I want to get, start talking more about the brass tacks of building the site, but yeah. in my experience, I feel like I, you know, in my position is usually the intermediary between the, the company founder, the business owner, and all of the marketing services, right? And so what's great is that the value I bring is my literacy in all of the pieces of marketing. But what the reality is, is not, not, not everyone has that literacy in like what they need for a website, what's possible or not possible. So how do you start prepping clients when you're working with them? Maybe do they have unrealistic expectations or do they even know where to start? Or how could you get a business owner that's just thinking about redesign or redoing a website? What are kind of the first things they need to start thinking about? So I... Yes, I agree with you. Most people do not have the literacy to be able to go out and say, I need X, Y, and Z and find those people to do it. That's why somebody who does what you do is great because you have that literacy and you can be that go-between between the services and the people who need those services. But when I'm dealing directly with clients, um, I feel like in the beginning, clients come to me and they say, I want a website. And I say, great. <laughs> yeah, I can do and it. Then, yeah, I can do that. What do you want? And then it starts to slowly come out and it takes a couple of conversations with somebody who's especially somebody who's never had a website before. Yeah. Um to really figure out what they want and I feel like when you're starting with somebody who's never had a website before and never been in the website world or the tech world they don't know the right questions to ask. So as a professional, it's your job to ask those questions so that you can figure out what they want on their website and what's going to be beneficial 
for them. Yeah. Because otherwise you say somebody comes to you and says, I want a website and you start making a website and you show them the website and they're like, this is not what I wanted. Right. Right. So it's very important to have those conversations and ask those questions along the way so that you know the different pieces yeah. and that you don't also get what we like to call scope creep. Yes. Where like somebody's like, I want a website to have people send me contact information. And that's all they tell you. And yeah. you're like, all right. And so you mistakenly build them a website that just does that. And they're like, well, yeah. I saw a website the other day that yeah. did this. And I thought that was really cool. So this like really quick, short project now takes you like six months. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy that you mentioned that about scope creep, because it's something that I think is so important for anyone that's hiring anyone to do anything. This is why those contracts are really important and to actually read them and to understand them because you know, I get this a lot with designers because like designers, like graphic designers, any kind, because I feel like one of my big jobs is to protect the service provider a lot of times because, you know, I, you understand, you know, people think like, oh, it's easy. I mean, cause, and the things can get done very quickly. And I think that sometimes the person that's hiring thinks it's very easy and that could be done very quickly. And sometimes it can, but sometimes it takes a lot more is involved to do a small change actually takes maybe, you know, an hour or hours to do something that appears very small. So yeah. I think that there has to be some clarity and there's a lot of education that has to go on in sort of what that means. And it takes a really, you know, tough skin on both sides because the, 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 the person that's hiring really wants what they want done. And, and the person that's providing the service needs to also you know, protect their time. So it's, it is a really, it's a big kind of thing in this whole, and all of marketing uh, with services and stuff, this idea of scope creep. Um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, how do you know if you have a good website or not? Like, how do you know <laughs> the website, it, you know, if it's working or not working, right? Right. So there's, so there's a lot of ways you can tell if a website is working or not working. And now like the big thing is, like, you know, those cookie notifications you get on all the websites and they seem to be on every website now. Well, they need to be on every website now because every website should be tracking what you're doing on their website. Because right. if they're not tracking what you're doing, they don't know that their website is successful. Right. And they don't know how their website is successful or why their website is successful. So every website you go to should have that cookie notification that says this website has cookies. And it's really truthfully for Google Analytics mostly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so Google Analytics tells us who's coming to our site, how much time they're spending, where they're coming from, what they're doing once they get to your site. So you can see how, your, how somebody comes in on one end and comes out the other end. Like what are they doing as they progress through your site? And if they're getting stuck somewhere, that's a big indicator that your website's no good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or if they're well, so this and this is a topic that I absolutely love because one of the things that I do a lot is my, the biggest value that I bring is the insight, the data insights. And a lot of times when I'm looking at analytics and understanding how people are going through the site, you know, a lot of times you need to hire a web designer, not just to design a whole website. There's a whole host of improvements. And that's where we want to talk a little bit about user experience, right? Because if you can go to Google Analytics and get a good batch of data and you see that your bounce rate is really high. Like people are getting to your website, they don't know where to click, they don't know what to do. 
maybe it doesn't need, mean you need a totally new website, but you could really utilize a web designer to improve the user experience of the homepage, for example, right? Right, right, exactly. And I actually just did a project like that. Um, this company came to me through a marketer who they were like, our, our social media is doing really well. We're getting really good click-throughs on our social media. We're getting clicks to our website, but then nobody's converting into sales. Mm -hmm. Can you take a look at our website and see what could potentially be the problem yeah. and why we're losing people? Yeah. And so I went into the website. I did an analysis and I said, this is why you're losing people. And I could, without even looking at the analytics, just from experience and seeing how the website was navigated, I said, this is why you're losing people. Yeah. And so, so we were able to fix that and relaunch. And, um, and so, I mean, it's new, so I don't know yet, but uh, hopefully we'll see, you'll come back to us. With the I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> no, but this is interesting because I had literally at the first week of the month is when I do all of the analytics review. And one of my clients, we had that same problem where they just started implementing a, a really tight Pinterest strategy. And so Pinterest is such a great way to get traffic. But the bounce rate, we realized it was like almost 100%. And I was like, okay, they're coming to the blogs. What's the opportunity here? Well, there's a lot of ways you can soup up a blog page. You can put, you know, other, you know, related items on one side that's high. You can put, you know, email gatherers on one, like things that are going to be more interactive on that actual blog post page. That's going to, and when you, when we were doing a little bit of research, I was like, well, let's look at like the most top notch blogs, like businesses that are just blogs and see what they're doing. And a lot of times they have all these kind of interactive elements above the fold, right? On the upper half of the right. it's going to yep. make those, what we want, right, is for the pages to be more sticky. We want people to hang around longer because that's going to get them to, to um, you know, hopefully be closer to making a purchase and things like that. Right. So when you're looking at user experience for a website in general, like what are some of the, well, first let's define like what is UX? Because I think this, this UX, I don't, the, the acronym is for user experience, but I think people see UX, they don't know really what it is. So let's talk right. a little bit about what UX is, you know, what's UI, what's UX, all these things, and, and, and talk a little bit about that first. So I feel like UX and UI are, are terms that are newer. Yeah. Um, but the, the actuality of them have been around forever, but now they have like these fancy new terminologies that go with them. So UX is the user experience. How does somebody coming to your website specifically, or it could be any kind of product, right? Like you have a water bottle, like how are people using your water bottle? Could be anything. But in this case, how are people using your website? And the user interface, the UI, is what they're actually using, the system that they're actually using. So there are a lot of interfaces that you can use for website design. And like there are so many and that's why sometimes it's good to go to a web designer because you're like, well, which one is best for me? Right. Because the answer is it depends. Like, yeah. what are you looking for? <laughs> right. And right. so like, I never tell people when they come to me, like I never tell people what they should build on because I need to find out what they want built first right? and how they're going to use it. And yeah. that's going to be a big determining factor for me and saying, I recommend this. Oh. Um, I'm going to do that right now with a client, actually, <laughs> between Wix and WordPress, which I know is what you 
We have right. to take that offline because I have to ask you some questions. Yeah, that, that would be a separate conversation. Yeah. I, I use mostly Wix and WordPress, yeah. um, but, but not solely because it, it depends. Um, and the reason why I choose those two things is because personally, this is just me personally, I think WordPress is the best. It gives you the most flexibility for what you want to do, but it's not for everyone. Yeah. And I think Wix is good to use because it's super um, user-friendly. Yeah. So if you're doing a site where a client says, I want to run this myself, I'm usually going to build for them on, on Wix. And if they don't want anything super complicated, we're going for Wix because yeah. they can maintain it themselves. You don't have to worry about updating it, but then you're also limited in as to what you can do with it. Mm -hmm. um, so, but the experience, what the user does once they get to your website, that is UX. And that's, that's the important part. And I feel like a big um, like stumbling block sometimes for designers, for businesses, is they want to be different. They want to be creative. Mm. But there's only so mm. much different and so much creativity you can put without confusing people. Absolutely. And so that's why you see when you go to a website, you expect to see certain things. Yeah. You expect to see a menu bar somewhere. You expect to see some sort of thing telling you what the website is about. Yeah. You're expecting to see some sort of action to take. Yeah. Whether it's a book now, a shop now, uh, whatever. Yeah. A learn more. Right. Doesn't matter. But you're expecting to see certain things when you go to a website. And if you don't, you get frustrated and you leave. Yeah. No, it's absolutely. Because I then where do you look? There is that battle because I think people want to be really creative and clever but you're the, the real like struggles, the fact that like people, it's time, they don't want to spend one second trying to figure things out. It's so, right. they don't want to think about it. They don't want to think about it. And you don't want to put any barriers up for like to get people through the buying process, right? You want people to get it and to be able to do it fast and look at Amazon. I mean, that, that's always like such a good thing. It's like how many things I bought, like getting into the car like i'm seatbelt yeah. myself and i bought three things you know because they make they that so easy and seamless so um just looking at my notes so okay let's talk about um getting okay now we know about user experience how about we identify a handful of things so we know that it needs to be really easy if you were to say like what are some elements for a business the basic elements they need on a home page like no matter what what are the things that you were mentioning what people expect. Um, what do you think like top three or top five things that people need to think about when designing their homepage? I think the, so uh, like we talk about above the fold, right? Like in, that was like newspaper terminology, yeah. which we still use even though like there's no fold anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but we talk about above the fold. Like what do people see when they go to your homepage in that first screen? Yeah, you can scroll. Yeah, you can click on other things, but what are they seeing? when they go to that first screen of your homepage. And so like you need to have the top, top thing you need to have is some sort of call to action. Mm. What do you want your users to do when they come to your website? Yeah. Do you want them to contact you? Do you want them to buy something? Do you want them to read something? What do you want them to do? And it has to be clear, it has to be simple, and it has to be easy. Mm. And you can only pick one thing. Yeah, that's a problem, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so you have to think really hard about what you want that one thing for people to do if there are too many options they leave yeah they don't want choice 
Yeah. Right. It's like buying things on Amazon. You like click the button. You're like, all right, I want new socks. You click socks. You're like, all right, this one's top. Click that one. All right. I'm buying those socks. Move on. Right. right. <laughs> Easy. I, I Easy. also find that in that one, because I think it's sometimes hard for people to choose because maybe they have different segments they're going after, like different like client segments. And I find that that choice could be like picking a path. So say that you'd have like a right. B side right. of it to be the C side. The, that choice could be, well, let me get like identify if you, what makes sense for you. And then we can ask you the question, right? It's like, um, correct. Yeah. You're correct. trying to bring people on that journey. Right. Uh, yes. You want to take them on a journey. So when they come into your website, what do you want them to do? Are you like targeting customers? Or are you targeting businesses? And if you have two options, right? Because some businesses are bigger and they do both. You want to say, are you here or are you here? Yeah. And then once you get them to fall into one of those two categories, then you can take them on their journey through however you want them to operate like your system. The next thing they want you to but that journey is what's super important that when you see people who DIY their website, they don't take that into consideration. Yeah. And so like what you want to always be thinking, what's that journey you want your customers to take? Yeah. Yeah. No matter think, what kind of website it is. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, basic, basic things like contact information and, um, you know, the about us, like, do you find that there's one page in particular that people always want to really check out? Like when our, I, I once read that like the about us page is really, really popular. Like people want to know what people's businesses are about, or do you find that like people generally, um, does it vary by industry or do you find any like kind of trends on how people travel through websites? So I think it varies by industry. And I also think it varies by like where we are Yeah. right now. I feel like with COVID and everybody being more isolated than they're used to being, people are going to that about page. Yeah. They want to know who are they buying from? Yeah. And, and the about page Yes, it should be about you as a business, but it should also be about your customer, right? Like you can't talk about like me, 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 me. Yeah. Well, that's great, but actually I don't really care. Like right. I want to know who you are, right. but I want to know also how you're going to help me. Right. Like how are you relating to me as a customer? Yeah, I love that. Um, so I feel like that's important to think about on your about page, but I feel like the about page right now is what people are, are looking for or some sort of about section. Like you don't need to have a whole page. You can have yeah. just a section. Yeah. Um, there are different ways to do it depending on what you're looking for, but people are looking to make that connection. Yeah. I think that, I mean, as a marketer, for me, I always am stressing, I'm always thinking about like the stories that the brands are sharing, but you right. bring up such a good point where at the end of the day, you know, customers are a lot of times like, well, that's great, but what about me? Because right. everyone's buying in their own, you know, in their old worldview and thinking about their own lives. And that's why we want to make it as easy as possible. We don't want people to waste their time trying to figure out what you do or how it's going to benefit them. You need to be so crisp, clear, and concise on, you know, what, do you, what problem do you solve for your client? Right. That needs to be super apparent on yep. the products, on the homepage, on everything, because people are, they're buying what, you know, they're buying what you're selling, right? But they're also buying a feeling or they're buying a solution to their problem on so many levels. So you want to be able to right. talk to them like that, right? Right, exactly. 
Um, okay, so last question, because we're kind of running to the end of time. Um, tell me what you think is the best first steps. If someone is just starting out and they have to get their website together and they want to be really prepared to start talking to a designer, what are sort of the things that you process or questions or things they should go through before they start looking into that? I think the first thing that anybody should do before they reach out to anybody with like, I need a website is look at websites. Like don't you, and it doesn't need to be websites in your industry. It could be websites in any industry, but look at websites and you can do big companies. You could do small companies. It doesn't matter, but look at, look for what you like about the website, what you don't like about the website, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because in seeing those things that you like and you don't like, that will help you start to formulate what you want your website to feel like, to look like, what kind of message you want to send. What do you see in these websites where you're like, wow, that's really good. Like, I don't care about, I don't know, whatever industry, yeah. but this particular website, I'm like, hmm, that's really interesting. What yeah. is it about it that makes you think that like draws you to it? Yeah. And then when you go to a website where you're like, well, this isn't, this isn't hitting it. What is it about it? That's not hitting it for you. Yeah. I think that's so important because a, a lot of times we sort of, especially if we're not super visually creative people that can't say definitely like, I want these colors and I want this kind of, you know, sans serif font and all these things. Yeah. You know, the, I know for me personally, whenever I've been working on projects like this, it is the most helpful thing is to go through that process because you, you know, going to a designer just blankly, you're going to waste a lot of time because you're going to go through that process with them. You're going to throw a lot of stuff okay. at the wall and say, well, do you, what do you like or don't like? So if you come with that in mind and you have that, that clarity, then the designer, you guys can go and, and maybe give a little bit more examples in that in one direction. And so you're going to cut a lot right. of time and frustration, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if you do look at websites that are in your own industry, you can see what kind of tools are they using to make them more successful. Yeah. And maybe those are tools you want to use in your business also that will help you. Yes. I love that. So I, I think there's a lot that you can. Uh... No, but I love spying on other yeah. businesses for, you know, what are they you know, what kind of discounts or promotional things are they doing? How are they wording things? You know, do they have pop-ups? Do they have, you know, how are their header images? What's the text say? And, and trying to kind of piece together some clever ideas there that you can kind of make your own is a really great uh, thing to do. Because again, it just shortens the time to getting something that you like. But do I have this one question. When do you know that a website is done? Because I feel like you can kind of be tweaking it forever. I know that if I look at my own website, you, you always find things to change. Yeah. I, so my website, I've changed this past year alone. I've changed twice and I'm planning on a third time changing it. Right. I know. <laughs> Just because like it's never done and it should never be considered done. Yeah. Because if your website is something that you make once, and then forget about it and never use, it's not useful to you. It's not useful to your clients. Mm -hmm. Your website should be something that is continuously evolving. Yeah. Um, and it should be, and it should be always kept fresh and updated yeah. so that it never looks like it was made five years ago. Yeah. Because if it looks like it was made five years ago, then your business doesn't look credible. 
and you don't look like you know what you're doing. And you probably do look, you probably do know what you're doing and you are credible, but people can't tell that from your website. And if that's the way that they're meeting you, that's what their impression is. Yeah. And this is my argument for having a web maintenance web designer on retainer or having someone that does web maintenance, because if you're really utilizing your website to its capacity, you are studying those analytics. Mm-hmm. You're looking at that data and you're iterating and improving on the conversion rate at, at, at all points. And that's going right. to change as you have new offers, as you have new uh, promotions and different campaigns. So I, you know, for my clients, we're always utilizing developers and web designers to constantly be upgrading and updating the website so it can be giving you the results that you want, right? Until you yeah. have that sweet spot. But again, as your business changes or new products launch or whatever, there's always going to need to have that, those changes be reflected on your website. Right, exactly. And you also want to make sure your website is as current as possible, because if your website is not current, Google knows. Yeah. And, they, and then you don't get ranked high. Exactly. If you're constantly refreshing and tweaking and doing this and doing that, Google's like, oh, these people are on it. We're going to rank them higher than this other Joe Schmo over here who's done nothing to his website for the last yeah. however many years. Google always prioritizes fresh content and fresh updates to websites. They always want exactly. to be fresh. Right. Because yeah. then they know that somebody's there. It wasn't right. just a set it and forget it kind of thing. It was a, we are constantly improving. We're constantly changing. We're on it. I can't even imagine the amount of graveyard websites that exist that people oh. felt and never <laughs> touched ever. I, Probably billions. Yeah. I can't even imagine. And how many like domains are sitting out there? Like, right. I don't know. It would be interesting to like go through and just like go to like page 10 of Google and see what's over there. See what's there. (laughs) Well, Sarah, I love this conversation. It's like so gorgeous to see you doing this big transition in your life and how smart and, and successful you've been in this business already. I'm so proud of you and excited for you. And I hope that I'm able to send good clients your ways in the upcoming months. And um, please tell everyone where they can find you, where you are online. Yeah. So I hang out mostly on Instagram and you can find me at two dogs and a laptop on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook on that same name, but Instagram are where my people are at. So that's where I hang out at. Um, And my website is two dogs and a laptop.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you everyone for joining us for this week's episode. And I can't wait to get back to you with more tactical episodes like this. And hopefully we'll have maybe Sarah back again to talk about, you know, how those changes perform for that client. (laughs) So we can see what results you're getting uh, by making these small tweaks. I think that's pretty cool. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. We'll talk to, I'll be in touch. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Thanks for having me.